when I lived in South Carolina, I met a man named Patrick. Me and Patrick became really close friends, and he was about five, six years older than me. And I met him during college. And he already went through the program that I went through there at Columbia International University in Columbia, South Carolina, where I got my undergrad degree. But I met him because he was auditing a class that I was taking towards the end of my time there in Columbia, South Carolina. We would constantly just talk about, you know, what the Lord is doing and and just different things that we've been through. And, and I would ask him different things that he's gone through. And I just got to know him really, really well. I also got to know his wife really well as well. I heard the whole story of how he met his wife and she was overseas at the time. and They met online and they were able just to get to know one another. They fell in love and the rest was history. There was so many times that I spent with Patrick talking about the Lord and just talking about, you know, the kingdom of God and the bigger picture of life. I, I just remember many, many times him just kind of weeping and just hearing his heart that, you know, he just wanted to be the hands and the feet of Jesus, but he just felt as if he was just kind of scarred beyond repair, that the mistakes that he made were too bad that he can't be restored. And just many, many, many conversations with Patrick just about the Lord and about his forgiveness and also about his restoration. If you got on the phone with him, he would just keep talking and talking and talking. And he completely would own up to it and he would apologize about it. And I, I know his heart, again, his heart was not to do that, but it was just his personality. There was many times where I would be on the phone with him and I would just be like, Patrick, I got to go. And he'd be like, okay, okay, okay. But then he'll, you know, just keep talking. And eventually I just had to be like, Patrick, bro, remember what we talked about? I got to go. And he would always be like, okay, yeah, yeah, sure, 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 sure. I remember Patrick that he had such a heart to just partner with what the Lord was doing inside of me that when I accepted the call to move from South Carolina to, to move up here to Michigan, I remember he was one of the people that said, Jonah, before you leave, let me bless you. Let me and my wife take you out to eat. And I remember it very clearly. I remember we went to this pizza place where you can kind of make your own pizza. And I remember he took me there and he didn't have much money at all. He had some health issues and just different uh, financial needs. And he really didn't have much money. But I remember that day he insisted on paying for me. I remember him saying like, you know, Joni, you're trying to follow the Lord into where he's called you to go. Like the least that I can do is just bless you with a meal. And I remember, you know, putting the money back in my pocket and being like, all right, all right, bro. You know, you got me. You got me. Like, absolutely. I, I, you know, you can definitely bless me in that way. And I, I'll never forget that. I remember that he just, he would just selflessly give to the point that sometimes I'd be like, bro, like you can't do that. Like you need that money or you, 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 you need that, you know, but he would always be like, no, 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 the Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. It got to a point that after I moved up to Michigan, we kind of lost contact a little bit, but one of us would reach out to another. Either he would reach out to me or I would reach out to him. And Patrick would always say like, come and visit me. You know, I would love to see you. It would just make my world just to see you again. Every time that I was down in South Carolina, there would be this little inclination within me like, okay, I need to go visit Patrick. But I knew that I couldn't kind of fit Patrick into my schedule, but I would have to a lot, a lot of time to be with Patrick. And because of me not being able to fit him into my schedule, I just started to kind of neglect 
seeing Patrick. I started to kind of put it off, put it off, put it off, put it off. And I would always have an excuse or a reason why I, I couldn't see him and everything. He was always very, very kind. He's like, I totally understand. And there was many times where even people within my family would say, you know, Joan, I just like, why do you have to go visit all these people? But I just knew that I don't get to be down here much. And I would be very grateful for everybody that I got to see. And there was always people that I didn't get to see. But going back up to Michigan, every time that I would drive back, again, I would go another visit, another visit, another visit, and not see Patrick. I remember many of the conversations that we had. Patrick would share some of the illnesses that he was having and just there was different things in his body that was kind of fighting against itself. I remember um, before last year, I remember his dad, his, his father passed away and he was just really grief stricken over that. I remember spending many, 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 many hours on the phone up here in Michigan with him, just trying to help him through that grief and just to be there for him. But yet again, I didn't make an effort to go see him when I was down there in South Carolina. And there would be many times where he would call me saying, like, Jonah, like, I don't know how I'm going to be able to pay this bill or that bill, or I just don't know if my health can put up. And there would just be all these different things that he would share, but I would constantly be like, no, 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 it'll be okay, it'll be okay, it'll be okay. And in my head, I could have never imagined, you know, Patrick passing away. Well, I found out last year, towards the beginning of the year, I saw on Facebook a lot of people that were just saying, rest in peace to Patrick. And when I saw people just saying, you know, rest in peace, and I saw his wife just post about, you know, Patrick, I love you, you know, like, thank you so much. And just, you know, just giving just her heart out there on Facebook, just saying like, Patrick, I'll miss you. I remember just being so at a loss for words, just thinking like, my God, how did this happen? Like, I remember the smiles. I remember the laughs. I remember the conversations. My journal, my journals are filled with, with just different things that Patrick shared with me. Even those conversations where I would just be like, Patrick, I got to go. And then two hours later, I'm eventually able to get off the phone. Through all of those times, the, the Lord taught me so much about himself through Patrick. As I was thinking about what to talk about on today's episode and what we've been talking about for the last two weeks, about being present, about being just present here now, there's a verse that came to my mind and it's found in James chapter 4, verse 13 to 17. And this is what James says. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go into such and such town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are only a mist, a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him or her, it is a sin. Our lives are a vapor. Our lives are a vapor. When I think about Patrick, I think about what a vapor his life was. He had so many plans, so many dreams. There's so much on his heart to get accomplished, but yet... It's a vapor. We're here one day and we're gone the next. 
each and every one of us, we have been given today. We've been given the opportunity today to respond to all that the Lord is. Yet so often we can put off what we know we need to do because we feel like we have something called time. We spend so much of our days today looking back or fantasizing about what's ahead when at the end of the day, all that we know that we have been given is today. And even today, we don't know how much of today we've been given. But today is the day that the Lord has made. And we're called to rejoice in that and to look to him and to respond to him. And these last two episodes, we've been talking about just the different aspects of, okay, how do we be present today? The first week, we talked about the, the souvenirs of just the things that we've gone through. But yet, at the end of the day, we're, we're called not to spend looking in the past or trying to recreate seasons of things that have gone by, but we're called to be present within the season that God has placed us in only having what the Lord has given us and not trying to take anything into our own hands or to do things apart from what the Lord has equipped us to do. And we talked about that that first week about how like each season is like a world in itself. And in order for us to truly grasp all that this season has to offer, we have to be fully present. And then last week we talked about the whole reality that there's this confidence that comes through knowing Jesus that helps us be present today, knowing that, Lord, you are stronger than anything this world can throw at me or anything that the, the enemy tries to still kill and destroy within my life, that there's a confidence in knowing you, Jesus, and through that confidence, I'm able to be fully present today. And then today, as we just wrap up this whole series, I just couldn't help but just think about the whole reality of our lives being a vapor, that we are here today and we are gone tomorrow. There's another passage that stands out to me, and it's found in Ephesians 5, verse 15. This is what Paul says to the Ephesian church. He says this, Pay careful attention then to how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Pay attention to how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. I know that this is a passage that has caused me confusion in the past, and I've always just been like, Lord, like, what does Paul mean about us being careful about how we spend our lives because the days are evil? But when I think back about the death of my friend Patrick, or I think about family members or loved ones that have passed away, and I just think about even just what we've walked through in this last year, and even now, like when I think about the frailty of life, when I think about death, I think about the whole reality that our days are deceptive. When we are awake, alive, aware, when we have the breath to take in and take out, we can fail to see that time, that life is a gift. Paul, as he's writing to the Ephesian church, he says, be careful be careful to how you live that gift out because at the end of the day, it is a gift. It is not guaranteed. It is not promised. And so the days are evil because time is deceptive because it tricks you into thinking that you have plenty of it and that you can spend plenty of it. And it is a gift that you can never get back. I can't go back and go to the times that I was there and I had the opportunity to spend time with Patrick I can never go back and redeem that time. The days are gone. It is past. 
We are a part of a world, a part of a broken, fallen state of condition of human life that the wages of sin is death. And so we all have timers on us because of our own sin and our own depravity, that God designed us for there to be no sin, to be no death. But because of our rebellion towards our holy God, that we live in a state of an existence that is wrapped around the reality that time is a gift and it is not something that is given or promised. And through Jesus, we are able to redeem the time that he's given us because we're able to look at the gift of time that God has given us and say, okay, God, how would you, the creator of this time, the giver of the gift of this time that I've been given, Lord, what do you desire for me to do with this time? Lord, you are the safest place that I can put my time in and invest my time in because I know that you know what will happen tomorrow. And I know that you can do immeasurably more than anything I could do on my own, through my own will, through my own strength, through my own ability, because you are God over time and you can redeem all of these broken days, all of these fragile days, because you are the giver of life. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Paul says, be careful how we spend our time. We are vapors here today and gone tomorrow. Ephesians 5 verse 17, Paul continues and he says this, therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to reckless indiscretion. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. So Paul urges you and me to redeem these days that are evil, not through just wasting it on wine and pleasures and just spending it frivolously on things that we are just chasing after, goals, plans, desires, all these things. But he says that we, instead of giving it over to what we think we should spend our time on, but to instead say, God, I want to spend this time trying to understand what your will is. And we know through the word of God that his will is wrapped around not a a situation, not a title, not a position, but the Lord's will is wrapped around the person of Jesus. That God's will for your life and my life is to be sold out, to be surrendered to his son who paid the price for you and for me and to be obedient to the spirit of that son, to be obedient to the spirit of Jesus through surrendering our lives to him, receiving the spirit that rose him from the dead and obeying the spirit in day by day, the promptings that the spirit puts on our hearts to follow after him, to be his hands, to be his feet, to go where he calls us to go, to do what he calls us to do, to wait how he calls us to wait, to seek him in ways that he has called us to seek him in his word, to feast on his word, to allow the word of God to be the truth of how we live our life and the way that we see this world, to allow his word to be the foundation for the worldview that we exist and we breathe and we do and we go that we can understand what the Lord's will is for our life by knowing his word. And his word says that apart from Jesus, that we are dead in our sins, but we are reconciled back to our creator, savior and sustainer through 
our creator, savior, sustainer, who provided the only one that can take away and has taken away the wages of your sin and my sin and your death and my death. That we can understand life when we understand the only one that overcame death, and that is Jesus. That we can fulfill whatever God has designed of our lives by redeeming the time through Jesus. I don't know about you, but I often cringe about those times growing up where I just threw temper tantrums about things that are so meaningless. Each and every one of us has done this, or we have seen this, but I'm very convinced that each and every one of us has done this, that there was times growing up where we just just gave hell because we didn't get what we wanted or what we thought we wanted. We made life miserable for parents or for friends or for teachers or for anyone around us when we felt like we weren't getting what we wanted. And we see this often in children, and it's just cringy. I don't know if you ever look back on how you used to be or, or different instances where you were just having these like temper tantrums and you just cringe, just saying like, oh man, if only I knew how that one Christmas gift wasn't the end of the world or how that one argument or disagreement wasn't the end of the world or that one post wasn't the end of the world. I I wish I would have been able to look back and have a soberness and a maturity and a clarity and the humility to say, you know what, what I thought was so big really isn't big, but really so small compared to the, the rest of this life that has been given to us. That in the scope of of life or eternity, it really didn't matter as much as I thought it did. We all have those moments where we just cringe at the things that didn't matter, yet we put so much of our energy, so much of our heart behind. When there is so many things that do deserve our energy, our time, our effort that we neglect because once upon a time, the minors were just major to us. But may we not look back on our day to day and have cringe just being like, God, I focused on so much that did not matter. Like Paul says in Ephesians 5, may we pay attention to how we walk, how we live, not as unwise, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. One of the questions you may have is how do I redeem the time? How do I walk in wisdom? And we've already talked about it, but one of the ways that we walk in wisdom and we redeem the time is by knowing the person of Jesus and following after Jesus and his word. When we know the word of God and we're able to let that word of God lead us through our day, we are able to see things from his perspective. We're able to redeem the time because we see the time as fragile and as a gift and we do not neglect the time that has been given to us because we have the wisdom of our savior who says in Matthew chapter 6 to not worry about what our days will bring or what our tomorrows will bring but may we respond to him today that we have a creator savior and sustainer that is our provider So when we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, we can trust that everything else will fall into place. And that is how we redeem the days. That is how we redeem the time that has been given to us is by focusing on a king and a kingdom that is eternal, that outlives and outlasts all of these evil days, these fragile days, these temporary days that make up our life.
when we know what Jesus says about not worrying about tomorrow and not worrying about today, but seeking first his kingdom, we're able to have a wisdom that helps us have a soberness to look at each interaction and each situation and say, God, I don't want just what I want or what I think I want. I want what you want because ultimately you are the one that has the words of eternal life. You are my creator, savior, sustainer. So my today and my tomorrows, I will rest upon you. Why? Because I am a vapor. I am here today and I am gone tomorrow. One of the hobbies in my life that has been one of my hobbies ever since I was a little kid is video games. And I found myself over the years gravitating towards the nostalgia that video games brings. But yet I found myself recently, the Lord putting on my heart to pack up most of my video games and to give it away, to get rid of it. And I found myself kind of wrestling with this whole idea, being like, God, I don't know, you know, this this doesn't make sense. Like, why would I get rid of this? But the more that I wrestled God with this whole idea of like, okay, I feel like your spirit's telling me to get rid of this, the more that it started to hit me that, wait a minute, this is showing signs that this is an idol in my life, that this has more of my heart then I want to give acknowledgement to. And so I found myself recently being like, okay, God, okay, I give up. All right, I don't know why you're calling me to do this, but I'm going to do this. I'm going to pack most of the video games that I have and I'm going to put it in in just tins. And I was going down to go visit my brother. So I was like, okay, I'll just, you know, give it to my brother and I'll figure out later what, you know, Lord, you tell me to do with it. But right now I just know I need to get rid of them. So I found myself getting one big Tupperware and just, you know, piling in all the things that I collected over the years and the things from childhood and growing up and and even things from recently. I'm just filling up this big Tupperware. But then I found myself, oh, wait, I, I need another Tupperware. So I filled in another Tupperware. And then I found myself, oh, I need another Tupperware. So then I fill up this Tupperware and I didn't have any Tupperwares left. I already went to go buy some extra Tupperware that I needed to, to fill up all this stuff. And then I found I had a box that I saved um, that was being thrown out. So I filled up this box and and I'm just like, God, like I'm embarrassed. There is just so much stuff. And I, I it kind of went in my head. I was just thinking, you know, God, what happens if there's a fire? And all this stuff just goes up in smoke. All this stuff that once held all this meaning and value and purpose in my life. You know, God, like, what if it all went up in smoke? And as I was just looking at all this stuff that was filled in all these different Tupperware containers, it just hit me that everything in this life is fragile and temporary. That we spend so much of our time focusing on things that just really don't matter. Yet there are things that do matter. There are relationships. There are are things that the Holy Spirit has put on my heart to follow him in obedience in. There is ways that I could give my money, my time, my energy to the local church in order to be the hands and the feet of Jesus, to be able to tell people about Jesus. That at the end of the day, the thing that matters the most is that there are people that are living their life apart from Jesus because they've fallen trapped, just like me, just like you, fallen trapped to this whole idea that this is what life consists of. But at the end of the day, it doesn't. We were made for our creator, savior, and sustainer. And apart from Jesus, we can never have a reconciled relationship back with him. But we will just have to stand and account for this life that has been given to us, and we will be defined by our sin and our rebellion towards a holy God. And what matters most is telling people that you don't have to stand before the Lord and defend yourself, but you can have Jesus. 
Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, he says, Do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. Then he goes on to say, may we find our treasures in heaven, in a king and a kingdom that goes beyond all of this temporariness. And we find our treasures and we place our treasures in heaven by being his hands, being his feet, by loving as he's loved us and forgiving as he's forgiven us, by giving our energy, our time and our resources to the things that can advance his kingdom, that can tell others and proclaim the good news. At the end of the day, all that I have will be left behind me. But if I store my treasure in the things that are eternal, there are things that are just multiplied even after I pass away. There's a song by one of my favorite artists. His name is John Foreman. The name of the song is Your Love is Strong and is based around the Lord's Prayer found in the Bible. But there's a part in one of the verses where, where John, he just says, you know, Lord, why do I worry? Why do I freak out? You know what I need. You know what I need. Why do we worry? Why do we freak out? Lord, you know what we need. Your love is strong. Heavy heart, no matter where today finds you, no matter what has happened, no matter what is looming over the horizon that maybe is taking your time and your attention and and taking just the resources of your heart, may we respond today with the reality that our life is a vapor. May we cry out to the God who gives us an opportunity today, right now, to respond to him, to be all that he's created us to be. May we let his word be the word that sustains and, and gives us purpose and meaning and identity, the way that we see others around us, the way that we see even our own lives. May we not neglect today, but may we redeem today by looking to the only one that can redeem that which is broken, and that is Jesus. On this whole topic of just our lives being a vapor and how today we have been given a gift, there's this interview with an artist. His name is Shy Lin. And this is an interview that I've been wanting to talk about and write about for years. It's been about three years ago that I first heard this interview. And I remember hearing the snippet that I'm about to play for you. And I remember it just making sense in my head about spending our time and our energy and our days on the things that really do matter and not getting lost in the things that do not matter. And so I want to play this snippet for you as he's just kind of talking about this whole idea of what these passages that we've read has talked about. And through this conversation, I pray that we just lean into what he is saying about the time that has been given to us and the importance and the urgency of giving that time to our God. This is what Shailen says. I think the question is, is it the best use of the platform, right? So, some, so something can be not necessarily sinful, but not necessarily the best, the best use, the of, best it. use of it. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Um, and that, and that's what I'm, that's what I'm tr- trying to, trying sure. to ha- hammer at is, sure. um, you know, we, we're called to make the the best use of the time because the days are evil. Yeah. And I think, I think, wait, wait, oh, one of the things that we've lost track of is the reality of the emergency, mm. right? It, it seems like we've just completely lost the emergency mindset. Sure. Like, bro, real talk, like people are going to hell every single day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the gospel needs to be proclaimed. The, the wrath of God is coming. And it, it, it seems like with success, we've lost that sense of urgency. And me, me and my man, we were just talking about it over lunch. Like, 
this this conversation is is a peacetime type of conversation. This, this is not a wartime conversation. You know right. what I'm saying? So so having the luxury of having my art be this like. They don't even have this discussion in persecuted where, where Christians mm. are being in countries where Christians are being persecuted, mm. right? It's like, wait, what are we talking about? Like, yeah. like we about to be killed for the faith. We, yeah. we, what do you mean? Like, amen, you got liberties, but um, I, I feel like we've lost sense of the emergency of it. Um, you know, the the kind of conversation that you have over dinner is a different conversation that you have when your house is on fire. True. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like True, the, the urgency of it yeah. is just, it's going to be it's different. different. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like we've lost that. Yeah. And, and I think along with urgency, there comes a certain passion. You know what I mean? Mm. And it's like, you can even say that's lost. Mm. You know what I mean? And, mm. and a, in a lot of cases, man. No matter where today finds us, May we not go another second without responding to the Lord with the reality that, Lord, I recognize that I am a vapor, that I am here today and I'm gone tomorrow, and this life that you've given me is a gift. Lord, help me not neglect those that you've placed in my life that you've called me to love and to serve selflessly. Lord, help me not store up treasures here and now, but instead to store up treasures in heaven. Teach me what treasures in heaven look like. Help me know your word so that I can be able to live it out. Lord, I don't want to just go through life through the motions of saying, oh, well, I know you, but not really know you. Because I know at the end of the day, I will have to stand before you and give an account for the life that you've given me. Lord, I do not want to stand before you and not know you. Because your word says, if I don't know you, then I'll not be able to enter in to a eternity wrapped around you. God, help me respond today through surrender of saying, Lord, I I don't want just what I want. I want what you want for my life. One day, all of this will be gone. All of the people that we look up to, all the accomplishments that have been done, it's meaningless apart from Jesus. May we respond with him today and not wait till it's too late. Our God, while we were still sinners, he sent his son and Jesus gave his life. He lived a life that we couldn't live. He died the death that we deserve in order for us to have a reconciled intimacy between us and our creator, savior, and sustainer. That through Jesus, there's no hostility. There was no wedge placed between us and our God through our sin, but our sin has been paid for. We are redeemed. We are justified. We can stand before our God and Jesus will deem us worthy, deem us clean, that through his innocence, we obtain innocence. Through his death, we obtain his resurrection. Heavy heart, today, today is evil. May we not give in to the lies of the enemy and wants to still kill and destroy. There is so much than this. There's so much more than this. You are loved. You are valued. And our God wants to use you to tell a dying world that there is a hope, there is a purpose, there is a life that's found through Jesus not from ourselves.
I wanted to end this podcast with a song by that artist, Shylin. And the name of the song is One Day. Heavy heart, one day, all of this will be no more. But may we respond to him today saying, Lord, I know that I'm a vapor. But Lord, help me find a wisdom through you, not through my own strength, not through my own ability, not through my own plans. Heavy heart, may we spend today responding to all that he is, not through fear, not through worry, not through anxiety, but through surrender, rest, and awe of the God who is eternal that outlasts all that we are and all that we can do. Yeah, man, it's crazy how time flies. My mind tries to sit still, thinking how does one define wise? Feels like yesterday I was a newcomer, fresh in the game, ready to make the truth thunder. But as the beat plays, they lose wonder. After a few summers, the band's ready for a new drummer. Doesn't matter if you're not ready yet. Yesterday I was a cadet, now they call me a vet. But it's part of common sense that the artist time will end. To the young, this topic can be hard to comprehend. They don't come close to understanding How you can go from most demanded To abandoned in the ocean stranded Surrounded by the waves of your weariness Some things you only learn from age and experience And it's plain to me that all the famous men you see The time is coming when they will be a faded memory Cause one day you hot, the next day you not One day you on top, next day you get dropped Yeah, what in the world was your mind thinking? You couldn't see the sands of time sinking Cause one day you hot, the next day you not One day you on top, next day you get dropped, yeah Better plan for the future, kid Time catches up to everyone, no matter who it is Whatever happened to so-and-so, that's what they wanna know Eventually we learn that they all come and go Today's rising star, tomorrow dies with scars Today they all struck, tomorrow you are stuck I remember watching Jordan's Hall of Fame speech Thinking this is what it's like to watch the lame reaching gasp As he tries to grasp what lies in the past Never to return, what lies in the past Did he tell himself, was he lost or sober? Did he know it was all but over? The moment that AI crossed him over If I could be like, didn't include dying light Let's shine the light on the one they call Iron Mike Nowadays he's known for being all weird But back in 88, nobody was more feared the peak of his powers his opponents would retreat in moments he would eat and devour snuff with punches but we must discuss this crushed it just enough to trust his toughness pride brings such a justice you puffed up with smugness you gonna meet buster douglas amazing that which blazed like petro the new craze that made the waves in the metros was praised for days but just a phase like retros and fades like echoes Cause one day you hot, the next day you not One day you on top, next day you get dropped, yeah What in the world was your mind thinking? You couldn't see the sands of time sinking Cause one day you hot, the next day you not 
One day you on top, next day you get dropped, yeah Better plan for the future, kid Time catches up to everyone, no matter who it is What I'm speaking on is seriously welcomed by the few Even no experience to tell you that it's true On your radio station, this won't be found on the playlist Wisdom, the sound of the sages, resounding for ages The older I get, I notice it The whole of the script, hmm, it's found in the pages A holy writ, not the cash speech of the reverend But what a man sees under heaven Ecclesiastes 111 No matter who you are, death aims to stop ya Whether banker, doctor, or Frank Sinatra Before your time is done, meet the timeless one The dying, death-defying, rising, shining sun King Jesus astounds and amazes He pounded the pavement to save those who were bound to their cages So let us praise the one who made the Everglades Our debt was paid, so in glory we'll never fade Never fade, never fade